Okay. <clears throat> okay, so, um, throughout this horrific process, I've been hearing so much. I've been hearing them say the inheritance, the inheritance, the inheritance. They've just been saying it so much. I had a vision. I had a vision, and in this vision, I was in this room that looked like a house I used to stay in back when I was in my hometown. And the room was so bright, it was like it was like heaven light. And um this room was so bright. And then I saw Tony Harvin. He posts a lot of videos of Pastor Geno Jennings would cause me to believe that he he knows the Lord. Anyone who recognizes Pastor Geno Jennings as um anointed and favored. And you know, a voice of a voice, a vessel of the Lord. I, I believe that they must be, or or I'm led to believe that the Lord guides them. He knows them. You know, they. I believe that because the Lord spoke over Pastor Gino Jennings. He spoke over him. He led me to him. You know, he is. He's very known. So it's it's not. It's not. Um. <clears throat> unusual for you to be led to his videos and his words or hear from him or hear his name. But um what I do know is that the Lord has has, has spoken to me concerning him. I don't want to put so much on it. I know that there's others out there that the Lord has anointed and spoke over. And, you know, I know that even when finding Pastor Gino Jennings and God introducing me to Marcus Rogers, I know that even in this process that um that the Lord, you know, that I was still going to, you know, meet and find new people. They had kept saying so many different people kept saying to me, Oh, you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to do those things. You're not gonna be able to find and meet more anointed people. You're not going to be doing this for long. You're not going to have this for long. You're not going to have that for long. In the beginning of this process, I had the gift of knowledge. I was outsmarting everybody. I knew it wasn't my power, but they kept saying to me, "Um, you're not going to be able to do that for long. In this process, I had truth. I was, you know... Combating every lie with truth, they kept saying to me, you're not going to be able to do that for long. In this process, I said, I'm going to meet more anointed prophets. I'm going to be led down this path where God is going to reintroduce and expose so many different people who he has anointed and spoke over. This world is so vast. There's, You know, I'm sure there's more out there. Even that are, you know, not as famous as Pastor Gino Jennings or Marcus Rogers. I want to meet them. I want to learn from them. I want to study God's word and study the videos and find comparisons and these different things that I'm going through so that I can beat it. They said, you're not going to be able to reach out for long. You're not going to be able to do a lot of the things that you're doing for long. All of this is going, you know, you're not going to have it forever. Different things like that. And I was like, you don't know what I'll have. You don't know what I'll be able to do. You don't know. I trust God. 
I trust that God has a plan. That you don't really have any real power. And that you you are not right about everything. You said so much stuff to me in 2020. You said I was going to die. You promised me I was going to die. They said to me, you're going to die. And I'm sure of it. Like, they sound so sure of it. They were so sure you're going to die. You're going to be killed. You're going to be dead. You're not going to do none of that stuff. You won't last the year. You won't last the month. You won't do this. You won't do that. And here I am. And so every single time they tell me what I'm not going to do, I always am taking that with a grain of salt. Because I'm like, you said I wasn't going to do a lot of stuff that came true. And yes, some of the things that you said would happen did come true. You said I would crash that car in three months' time. I crashed that car in three months' time. You said that, um, you said that I was going to feel as if I was cut in half. I reached that point. You you said, they said so much stuff, but they just lied about so much stuff. They don't know nothing. They don't actually really, you know, or they're not sure of anything. They're not sure of anything. And it does sort of, in a way, expose the fact that they really just, you know, somehow trying to plant seeds or wishing that things will go a certain way. And it's a ballpark whether you'll really end up in that direction or not. So you really can... <clears throat> you really can choose or change anything that they're saying will happen for sure. Like what they're saying is set in stone vision about me being in this future, leaving my family. If I never leave my family, if I say, you know what, I don't care what y'all say. I don't care what y'all do. I don't care what I got to go through. I'll be here forever. I'm never leaving them. I'm not doing that. If I cho- Whatever I choose to decide to do in my life, they just going to make up stuff as I go. They're just going to be like, oh, you'll never do that. You'll never do that. You'll never do this. You know, I don't get it. But, you know, Mac Prey seen a vision of NBA young boy being killed in the middle of his hometown in Louisiana in front of the world. In public. Shot dead. Someone dropped the location. And I said, you know what? I, I've experienced what it's like to 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 have to be brave, to be afraid of nothing, to trust God to lead and guide you and carry you through whatever. And it, it does cover you for a lot of things. When it comes down to it, God, oftentimes he will protect you and keep you in order just because he loves the show of your good, your faith in him. But I said, we've known this for months now. We've known this for a year that Mac Praise had that vision. So why would he ever return to his hometown? I said to myself, now since he knows the location and he knows the people, there's going to be somebody close to him that dropped that location. And he knows that, um, he knows that, um, the Mac Praise had this vision. A lot of this stuff is coming true or becoming true. A lot of stuff being exposed. He knows a lot of this stuff, right? Why would he ever go to his hometown in Louisiana? Since he knows that or or or, or sees that or, or has heard that, then why not never go there for no reason ever in the world? Ever. We were just talking about this like a week ago. 
But I knew why. I knew why. Because they always say something going to happen. And the, and the Bible says that, you know, if you sit in your house saying that there's a roaring lion in the street, he's going to kill me. You have to be bold. You have to go out anyways. A million things every day can kill you. You can't just shy away from things and have fear of visiting places or doing whatever it is in your life that you want to do because of what you heard someone say or what you see somebody has prophesied. You got to challenge that. So if he goes back to his hometown, I would not even blame him. Even after everything that they've said, it's like, that's so idiotic. I'll never return there. It's just one place in the world you could find other places to be. He doesn't go there often anyways, etc. whatever, you know? But, um, you know, as I said, they said so many different things will happen that didn't. You have to challenge that. And when it comes down to it, it does kind of seem like it's set up. You know, a lot of this stuff doesn't happen. So you feel that you can challenge a lot of things that they're saying and do whatever you want to do anyways. And you have to fight them and you have to feel brave and bold. You can't be afraid. How you move forward is a challenge and not be not live in fear. That's how you take your power back. That's how you grow in God. That's how you reach your destiny. But um, at the same time, if they ever so decide to make anything that they feel like they want to happen all of a sudden happen, you will have walked right into it. You will have walked right into it, challenging these things. Like they control you either way it go. So it ain't stupid to me. And it's not really, you know, necessarily trapped, but it's trapped. They can do whatever they want at this point, I'm convinced. They get they could just, you know, do whatever they want. They don't get away with it. But they get to do whatever they want, you know. Now I heard the inheritance and my as I said in a previous episode, my grandmother, that was the name of the movie. My grandmother said, Watch the inheritance. She was like in twenty eleven when it came out. That's twenty eleven. Wow, I'm just I've forgotten what year that was, you know. But she said, um, have you seen it? And it's a horror movie. And it's, you know, so many unanswered questions concerning that movie and why my grandmother referred to it. I feel like maybe I could ballpark it, but um, the woman, she bust through the door. And she said, there, I said it. They're going to sacrifice y'all. They have some sort of covenant with the devil, something like that. They about to sacrifice all y'all. She said, um, first they start with the virgin. After 24 hours, they have to sacrifice the warrior, warrior's bone, something, something, something. And then, um. She said, she had she pulled a gun out. She said, I'm not playing. Y'all got to go. Where's Lily? She looked for her daughter. She was looking for her daughter. They said, she said, Lily is not a virgin. She was like, she's a lesbian. Close enough. They, you know, the family will think that that's close enough. That she said, but I'm going to expose them. They ruined my life. They put me on drugs. They made me do that. They made her sell her daughter. He said, you sold your daughter. Everybody here knows you don't care about her. She said, they made me do that. They put me on drugs. They ruined my life. She said, but, you know, I'm going to expose them. And she said, you broke your own rules. You broke your own rules. 
And in that moment, I said, well, what was the rules he broke? Because they never specified what rules he had broken. But all I know is he screamed back at her. She said, I didn't give my daughter. I didn't give my daughter up. He said, you gave your daughter up. He said, he screamed right back at her when she said, you broke your own rules. You broke your own rules. He screamed right back at her and said, um, it wasn't you who was supposed to give her up. It was your father. And in that moment, her neck, her neck broke, snapped clean. And she just fell dead, fell down dead. They all ran after that because they realized it's real. Here's the thing. I'm still trying to figure out what rules he broke, though, you know, because I feel like it may help me in my walk. You know, my grandmother feel that that's, that situation is similar to the cult that my family is in. You know, she said, this is a cult. Yes, it's absolutely. That's exactly what it is. But, you know, <clears throat> um, she's, the rules that he broke, what was the rules? Was it leaving her alive? Was it, you know, ruining her life? I think maybe because they all supposed to prosper because they sold their souls. They sacrificed every generation. They all supposed to prosper. So maybe the rules that he broke was her life being ruined. She was supposed to prosper as well, I guess. But he said it wasn't you who was supposed to give her up. It was your father. And she fell down dead. Your father was supposed to give her up. So maybe he's saying we never broke any rules. Or really in reality, would I take that as? Because I believe in God. And God is, you know, he's shown me so much of himself. I won't go back to doubting him. Even though sometimes I feel compelled to, I, I know it's not me. But as far as um as far as that part with um as far as the part where she fell down dead when he said it's supposed to be your father who gave her up. Maybe he said we never broke any rules. But um why would he wait all the way into that point to tell her that and why was he so um why was he so offended by her calling different things out and exposing things like that? What I noticed in that moment is that, you know what? They do the same thing to me. They try and make me feel crazy. They're trying to put me on drugs. They keep saying, I'm not going to be in my son's life. That I'm going to have a son. He's going to be, he has a destiny to be an NBA player, but he's not going to know me. He's not going to know his dad. He's not going to know, you know, he may know certain members in the family. That may be something that was spoken about, but he's not going to know me. He not go, I'm not going to be in his life. And, and, um, like, he's going to be raised by somebody else. That's what they were saying. But the thing about it is they're trying to put me on drugs. When I was 14 years old, I went to the hospital on my birthday. I felt sick out of nowhere. They put an IV in my arm, and God said to me, Oh, I have to embrace this moment. It's the cleanest I've ever seen your arm. Your arm has never been as clean before. Or 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 something like, um. he said something like, um, I miss seeing your arm this clean. 
I knew what that meant. That's that's heroin addiction. I used to watch movies, and I used to kind of feel like different individuals were wincing when I saw different, you know, movie scenes of heroin needles, different things like that, how to use it, learning how to, you know, get high, how to melt it, how to get, you know, the syringe and tie your arm up. And, um... I said, um, I said, um, I would watch it and I would see different people wince and they would wince. It's like they were so scared. They were like, no, don't watch that. Don't get no ideas. No, you don't need to know about that. No, you don't need to see it. And I think I even heard a few times in passing them say well it don't matter if she see it or watch it now if you can't change or stop that from happening she gonna learn it one way or another and I think they even said something like and when she when she learned how to do it it won't have been from none of the movies she saw nothing that she ever saw not no being prepared or nothing that she's just gonna learn from the you know somebody who got her high and um You know, I know that. I know that. Every time I watch the movie, I never really wanted to learn. Something blocked me. Every time I watch these movies and the drug things come on, something would block me. I would run to God's presence, and I would just hold on to him. And I would say, God, I don't want to be on drugs. I'm not that kind of person. Why everybody always acting like that about about me with drugs? Like, my heart. My heart deep inside is like feeling like they do that because my auntie and my daddy was on drugs. and I'm so much like my daddy and my auntie. But I know it's not that. I know it's not that. They kept me from knowing that for so long, even though it was obvious. It kept me from around that stuff. And I was exposed to a lot of that stuff. And I just, I always felt like I would never be on drugs. I would never follow in their footsteps. I would never do hard drugs. Like, I would never do it. It just wouldn't be me. Like, for real, like, I almost feel like I would rather do anything else. Like, it's just not me. I don't think that it can help me. I don't think it will do anything for me. I'm just not really built like that, you know, and I just know so much better. I always run in the opposite direction. So now, now it does feel like, it does feel like, um, talking about it is kind of running me to it but it ain't really talking about it it's really just you know everything I've gone through in this process you know I've been raped and everybody tried to sacrifice me to the devil and my family's being pulled apart and I feel like it's nothing I can do there's nothing in the world that I can do in order to somehow appease God. Like, it's all my fault. It's all my responsibility. Like, I messed everything up and missed my chance or something. And when God said, I'm going to break his heart. And when God said, I did everything I could to get you out. I get, I did everything I could to get you to stop or go now. You know, to prevent it from happening or something like that. It always made me feel like you never planned for me to win. I'm tired of that. I'm tired of this. I'm fighting so hard for you. We did everything we could. It was nothing that we could do. You, I was never supposed to win. When you saying stuff like that, when you do stuff like that, before I can even have a fighting chance, I was, you like, what? If somebody hears, dang, 
No matter what we do, you're going to lose before they start. What? Who does that? Like, imagine somebody in a race and I, I run up to you and say, you know what? I'm from the future. And I knew that even if I came back and told you, you was going to lose. Excuse me, that you couldn't have won or something like that. Just say anything concerning losing. Is, doesn't that hinder the race going forward? Now all they got to do, now all they thinking in their head, you ruin the ending. They thinking in their head the whole time, I'm not going to win anyways. I never was supposed to win. But I kept saying, um, I had kept saying the whole time that this is just a, a, a war tactic of the devil. He's just trying to somehow hinder me. Like every single time he feel fear of what will happen, he always jump up. You would have never done it anyways. You know, and it's like, it's his way of being like, of like reverse psychology. He's putting it in your mind that you never had a fighting chance. And I guess it determines who you are. You could be the kind of person that's like, oh, I'm going to win, you know, or, you know, you could be the kind of person that decides like, you know, that, um, you got to prove them wrong, you know, or you can be the kind of person that just decides, you know, well, why even try? I just was like, well, I'm going to prove them wrong. And it just gets to me. It has gotten to me, I have to admit. But anyways, concerning this movie, they broke their own rules maybe because she's the one who gave her daughter up when it was supposed to be her dad that gave her up. Or, I don't know. I don't. I really can't. I don't know. But um, God has shown up in such a way. He's prophesied over my life, and He said I will kill this demon witch, and He said that I will have everything I've ever wanted in life. So where does it come in that I'm addicted to heroin and on drugs? Where's the time for all of this? I'm supposed to be a lawyer, doctor, writer, linguist, all these actors, singer, all these comedian, all this different stuff, and then retire early. Because I'm such a phenomenal woman. And all of this is going to happen in my lifetime. And he's promised me that. And that's the truth. And I will do it. You know, I will do it. He never breaks a promise. But then. I'm seeing different things from from my past. Like when I'll never forget with my 14th birthday. How they talked about how clean my arm was. And I'll never forget my whole life how they kept talking to me, saying to me, you're going to be so skinny. I never imagined you. I never in my life seen you with weight on you like this. You used to be fat and plump. Like, people just going back. I just hear it in my head. I'm walking. they like, oh, my gosh, you so thick. I never seen you with weight on you like this, girl. You was skinny. It was, you was nothing but skin and bones, girl. You didn't. You couldn't carry no weight. Like, I don't. I never could have ever imagined seeing you with weight on you. It looks good on you. And I'm like, skin and bones? I ain't been skin and bones since I was like seven or eight years old. You know, I ain't been that skinny since I was little. So one day I'm going to get super skinny. I'm like, oh, good. I'm going to lose this weight. It was like, no, not good. Not good. You're going to lose too much weight. You gonna, It's not going to look good on you. It's not. You're going to be, you know, you're going to be way too skinny. And I'm going to get sick. And they like, yeah, they didn't want to tell me. They didn't have a heart to tell me. They didn't have a heart to tell me. 
So I was like, um, when I see heroin, I'm running in the opposite direction. I'm always staying away from these environments. I'm not going to even associate myself with anybody who even look like they play with needles. It was so many horror stories when I was growing up. They used to always, they kept talking about AIDS. They said AIDS, you know, and needles and needle knowledge. You need to know about sharing needles and different stuff like that. Like, they kept saying stuff like that. You know, they kept saying how girls be in the trap house having sex with dogs in order to get high. They kept saying how how bad it it, it, it is for a girl to be drunk, so strung out on drugs she'll do whatever for them, how they do junkies like that. And they kept... Like, looking at me, like, I'm like, what should, why is everybody looking at me? Why is everybody always saying that concerning me? I'm not going to ever be nowhere near heroin. But why am I talking about it now? You know, power of life and death is in the tongue. You know, they said I couldn't have kids. So why am I seeing a vision of my son? I've seen him. My face, is, he has my face. All in my, my looks, my features, it's all in his face. My daddy's jeans are strong, but his daddy's jeans are strong, too, because he looks so much like some man that i never seen, and he don't know. So he'll be an orphan, but maybe it's good for him if you ever could escape this cult that my, fam- my family blood is, you know, obviously carrying. So I was just so torn up by the fact that My whole life, I always wanted to be a better mother than I had. I always wanted to give my child what I never had, and I won't even be in my child's life. You know, maybe it's good for him. Maybe it's good for him. My family, we carry, you know, we carry um, curses of drug addiction. I don't want him to be on drugs. Maybe it's best for him not to ever have nothing to do with me. You know, but it he, he becomes something great, so maybe it's a good sign. But when they put a curse on my life and sacrifice me to the devil for him to be, he don't have a fighting chance either. You know, ain't no telling what he's going to have to go through. He'll never have known that I went through all of this in order to prevent his life from belonging to Satan. Nobody will ever know. Maybe I'll be like that aunt, but I doubt it. He didn't even look for me. He didn't look for me. He didn't care for me. He didn't, you know, he was like, oh, that's how she looked. But he wasn't, like, super, you know, eager for, like, he didn't have no feelings towards me. Kind of like how my brothers have, you know, my brothers and my sisters feel towards their daddies because they ain't never been in their life. They don't have no feelings towards me. I was I was wondering if he had harbor resentment for not knowing who I was. Nope, none of that. So he must got a good family that raised them and everything. And I ain't a part of it. You know? But maybe that still solves all the lies they told me about not being able to have kids. They say, you never going to be able to have kids. You are unable to have children. They've taken your ability to have children. So maybe that's not true. But also at the same time, for the split second that I saw his beautiful face, what I realized is that 
I can, you know, shape my destiny. It doesn't have to go with however way they think it's going to go. First of all, they showed me a daughter. But I knew it was going to be a son. I've always dreamed of having a son. I've always prayed to have a son. So I can be a good mother so you don't hate women. But, you know, I always knew this world was too hard. I mean, I never get that wish. And other good news, he don't look nothing like NBA young boy. So there's a great chance if I ever do have a son, it won't be with him. And praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, because he should have never raped me. And I don't want to be another one of his baby mamas. And I don't want him nowhere near nothing that come from me. No descendant, no child, no niece, no sister, cousin, aunt, uncle, enemy. I don't want him near nothing come from me. He can stay away. So that's that always felt good. I know that I'm like, he don't look like you. He don't come from you. He come from some light-skinned man who's fine. But, you know, I think I'll be dead or something. Because I ain't nowhere near his past, future, present. I saw him. He was so tall. He was so beautiful. I said, man, you so handsomely just like your daddy. And it remind me why I made that baby with his daddy, because he looked good. But you know what? At the same time, his daddy wasn't in his life. Where's his daddy? Where's his daddy's side of the family? He came from money. The son I saw, he came from money. He grew up in a rich household, you know, that supported his NBA, you know, Dreams, whatever. I asked them for a split second. I said, how do you feel about treating women? How do you feel about playing over women? You know, how do you how do you treat women? And he said, no, nah, I would respect women. But um, he said some dual response. Like, I mean, yeah, I kind of like, you know, horse. I kind of like horse. I mean, yeah, I would, I would, you know, mess around. I do mess around, stuff like that. Different stuff like that, sort of in a in a little in real quick. He said something like that. Like he 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 really did respond in a dude way, and that's something I wanted to prevent from happening. I wanted him to respect women. He didn't have no respect for me as his mother. He didn't. That's something I won't forget, cause I was like. Looking for like, where's your love for me, for your as your for your, as your mother? Like I raised you your whole life or something, and it it wasn't there. And he didn't even pick up on everything. He looked behind him because somebody was the instructing him and telling him like, you know who that is. And I I just don't get that. They're laughing. It's not that is not funny. You know it's so messed up to to hear that I would have a child and I don't get to be in their life and. I end up, I end up struggle, strung out on heroin, and you know, you know, 
my son will never have known me as his mother. He'll end up being this big, famous person. And he won't even recognize me if he saw me. Hmm. But honestly, I think all of these are threats. These are threats. They're like, give us your destiny now or this is what's going to happen to you. Well, I've already accepted my fate. I'm going to be a heroin addict. You know, abandonment. Mother who has abandoned their child. Druggy. Whatever I'm going to be. I ain't going to be Satan's slave. And if I'm his slave, it would not have ever been because I chose him. So, Satan going to have to get his kick some other way. And I'm sure he'll find a way. But he will never get the kick of knowing that I was ever on board with his disgusting plan to drag more people down to hell. So, you know, maybe don't a lot of people don't see that as noble. You know, I'd rather just go ahead and take the deal. I'd rather just be famous. F my son. You know, I don't care if. You know, because of my sacrifice, if somebody else gets to live, I don't want to. You know, everybody always saying, we're trying to get you to understand you need to stop dying for, be willing to die for other people. You know, you need to listen and be smart. What you need to do is be like, no, I'm going to do for me. You need to change now. Give up your self-sacrificial attitude. Take the deal with Satan or death and come out some some on top. At least they will never get to see you, you know, you know, in the places where they plan on sitting. But um for what does it profit a man to gain the world but lose his soul? I don't want to be greedy or selfish. I don't want to contribute. Maybe I'll still go to hell. You know? And it'll feel like, what does it matter anyways? Everything you went through, you still just went to hell. And then I ain't even going to say that my my torment won't be everything it's supposed to be. Like, somehow it will decrease my torment. I won't suffer as much in hell. I'm going to suffer all the same. But what I will say is that I am who I am. They never planned to make for me to make it this far. They must have thought in the, the first time around I was going to sell my soul. The first time around they said they felt like, oh, she's just going to get with the program. She's just going to sell her soul. And it won't ever have to go as far as to do. Or maybe they always knew that I was going to save my sister. Like, they said he was going to kill her. They said... You know, it don't matter what you do, she gonna die anyway. They said Satan was gonna kill my sister. He ain't killed my sister. He ain't killed her. So they don't always know everything. They're not always right. They're oftentimes very wrong. Matter of fact, they're always wrong if you ask me. They're always wrong. You're always lying. 
they're always under some sort of deception, like trying to lie to somebody and trick somebody. It's so weak to me. If you can't tell the truth and still get people to worship you or choose you, then what are you? You're nothing. You don't have nothing. Nothing belongs to you for real, but the lies you tell, those belong to you. But, um, I guess it's supposed to be real serious because it's like the witnessing of, you know, the, the destruction of my life. And it's like a horror movie. They all trying to kill me. They not playing. They serious. They really, every single day, trying to kill me. I saw blood splatter on my wall. They said, that's what's going to happen to you. You're going to blow your brains out. That's a fulfillment of this prophecy. You're going to kill yourself. And you know what? I said, well, how can both be true? How can the fulfillment of this prophecy be that I get everything I've ever dreamed of having? But also the fulfillment of this prophecy is that I kill myself. And also fulfillment of this prophecy is that I end up drunk. I don't have drugs in the crack house. Excuse me. Fulfillment of this prophecy is that I run away from my family and marry and be a young boy and end up as a leader of the industry. Fulfillment of this prophecy is that um, everybody wakes up. Fulfillment of this prophecy is that I have a son I don't know. He becomes an NBA player. He, you know, he takes my destiny. I die for, I, I, I live a tortured life so that he can live a good one. All these different prophecies, which one am I in for real? Which one is the way, you know? And so at the end of the day, what I accept is that God is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. And, you know, if I had died for a son, which I just really want to, I really want to believe that for real because it's no more true than everything else they said and, sh- and showed me. To be quite honestly, to be quite honest, I saw his face and I was like, hold on, who is that? That looked like me, that seemed too real, but I saw a little baby girl too. And she looked just like me, and she sound just like me, and she act just like me. And that seemed surreal, too, but I fought that deception. And when I fought that deception, towards the end of her talking to me, I heard the most demonic, dark, deep voice. She was talking about some sort of toy, like airplanes, trains. It was like, airplanes. She's like, airplanes. And I was like, get the, get the. Come on now, this that demon baby is not my baby. I, that's not my baby. You know, you can't take the memory of me as a child and try and somehow re recreate that to make me believe I will ever have a baby with some sort of demon prince. No, you can't convince me because I know who I am. I know I never do that. I know I never stop fighting you. You don't know me like that. They don't know me like that. They don't know me like that. And I know that they are so afraid of the possibility of what could possibly happen to them for what they're doing. They are super confident that nothing will, but they're afraid of that chance that something can. So, you know, I'm going to embrace that. I'm going to embrace God in that. I'm going to say that, you know, God throws curveballs. They don't always get their way. They don't always get away with what they're doing. And, you know, there will be consequences. Nobody lives forever. You have to go somewhere someday. 
And if you worship the devil, then you must be very well aware of who God is. You really think Satan is going to give you some sort of half of his kingdom where you live in eternity on a throne forever? The demons don't even want to be in hell. They still trying to find a way and sneak it to sneak into heaven. They don't even want to be there. You think you're going to want to be there? Satan don't want to be there. You think you're going to want to be there? Satan don't want his fate in the bottomless pit. You think you're going to like it there? So you never really win anyways with that life. But for me, I guess the real pain and the real torture is, you know, believing that this continues. It just continues and more people suffer at the hands of these different individuals. You know, it's even possible that I can't give others a fighting chance, a fighting chance I didn't have. That's what I wanted my life to be worth. When this demon pressed me down to the ground, I said, I don't want to ever see this happen to nobody else. I don't care if I survive this. I could die. But I don't ever want to see this happen to nobody else. I just pray that if anything, you know, whatever I had to go through, that I just never see this happen to nobody else. I didn't make a vow because you got to be careful with making vows. It's amazing because I was watching this video and somebody said, Solomon said, Solomon's wisdom was be careful the vows that you make. Watch what you say. Watch what you promise. Because the Lord doesn't appreciate us breaking our promises to him. And everything that you vow, you know, you, you are... You you are somehow creating circumstances where you have to be held to that. So don't be so quick to vow something to the Lord. We break those vows. We swear on his name. We use his name in vain. We take him for granted. We We ignore and are full of sin. We just need to be careful. But upon the conclusion of this, I die or end up on drugs whatever it is that happened to me I pray something comes out of it at least my life can be a testimony of somebody else's maybe somebody will stumble stumble across this prophecy and it'll help them understand maybe things they've gone through or be delivered from something that possibly could have led them down the same road I've gone down and learned the hard way I've had I've learned. And um hopefully, you know, due to the things that I've already, you know, been used as a vessel to play a part in, a lot of more people can be possibly saved in the process. What about these millions of people that it, I, I'm shown standing at a podium over in front of? What about them? What happens to them? They woke up. They go back to sleep too. They die. They all end up strung out on drugs. What happens? You know? Like, I don't believe them. I don't believe it. I believe God. I believe him. They they just hate me so much. They just want they don't want me to succeed. They wishing this. They hoping this. They praying this. They 
they fight and the sea just go another way. They they don't really know. It's up to God. God has a final say.